welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. We're brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission. Here's your Wenting's name of the week. It is Terry Fox. Mention that word to Bruce or any staff member the next time you are at Wenting's and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wenting's name of the week, Terry Fox. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. With the running season in full swing, it's time for you to take a swing at a personal best. Whether it's a 5K, 10K, or even the marathon, TriJoy can help. We'll meet with you in person to discuss your goals, make a training plan, and give you the support you need to achieve them. Email for your free in-person consultation. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. On our program today, we'll help you increase the level of intensity that you can endure in training and racing with Zach Newfell's Between the Ears. We also have Kevin Watt back, and he'll be joining us at the end of the program for the roundtable. Starting things off, however, part one of a feature interview with a Vancouver guy who's been around the local triathlon scene for over 15 years now. Although he's a top performer at just about any distance he chooses to race, lately Vancouver's Winston Gao has been doing sprints. This year he's had great success as he won the sprint at Elk Lake and came third at Westwood Lake. In our interview, we'll find out about how Winston got into the sport and his progression as an athlete that he likes to call Winston version 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0. Welcome again to another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines with a guy I have known for, we could darn near say, decades. Our relationship started back in Shawnigan Lake back in 2010. I remember it well. We were uh, doing the Shawnigan Lake Half Ironman Triathlon, and this guy was fast. But the thing that stuck out most to me was, regardless of where he was in the race, regardless of what race he was doing, he was always, always smiling. Um, finally, Winston, welcome to Fitspeak. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank it's, you, it, Kevin. It's Thanks. good to have you uh, finally on the podcast. <laughs> finally. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about your history as a, as a kid, as an athlete. Um, where was home for you? Uh, Burnaby. In Burnaby. Okay, Burnaby, not too far from where we're doing uh, the interview Burnaby. right now. North Burnaby, yeah. And how long did you live in there? Uh, well, I actually lived in North Burnaby for 27 years Okay. before I finally moved out. So. And you moved. Uh, tell us about what you were doing in, you know, elementary school, junior high school to stay active as a kid. Uh, I was one of those that did everything, like, like volleyball, basketball, track and field. I even did choir. The reason why I did choir was <laughs> you get the certificate and you get like little stickers. <laughs> and so I just wanted all the stickers. And like I would even do choir and all these other things. And I wasn't very good at it. I remember basketball, like I never score. Mm-hmm. But the one time I did score, the teacher cheered. And then the referee was like, oh, no, we got to take that point back because you traveled. <laughs> oh, so that was, that was your first score as a basketball player and they... And I did track and field and all that stuff as well. Mm -hmm. But in high school, I only did cross country and not very good at it. Just, just, just literally just participating. So you were one of these guys who didn't actually show their true talents until after high school. Well, yes and no. I think as a kid, usually um, I have to thank my dad for 
he would bring me and my sister uh, every weekend rollerblading at like the parking lot at Brentwood Mall or ice skating and like swimming at the local rec center. And we would go to all of them. We'd go to Watermania. We'd go to the, the ones in the North Shore. We would go like all the way through. And not even like formal lessons. It's just to have fun. Like yeah. literally just... Unstructured, but fun as heck. Yeah. Like, you get the whole parking lot, you know, mm-hmm. parking lot. You know, the, secu- the mall security guy was looking at us funny, but, <laughs> but we, get, we had a blast as a kid. And I think it starts with having an active background and then... As you get older, then you can specialize into certain sports, right? And well, kind of like what Simon Whitfield did, Robert Johnson, our last oh, guest. Yeah. I mean, he was one of these guys uh, similar to you, oh, just no. exposed to everything, you know, found out what they liked, followed mm-hmm. their passion, and then uh, awesomeness uh, awesomeness happens, right? They're on a different level, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, well, you, as a kid, I, I, I actually... Like one of our high, I think it was high school. Yeah, I think it was high school. We had to volunteer in our senior year, mm-hmm. and I volunteered for for one of the local running races. Oh, really? Run on the Heights in okay. Burnaby, and that was a ten k. But it was kind of neat because it was like a mix of road and pavement. And I think I mean a part of that course even dips into the Vancouver side. Mm-hmm. It is no longer an event, but that was my. That kind of piqued my interest, mm-hmm. and after volunteering, I kind of had to do it. You know, I did. I did it after. I think it was first year university when I actually started. That was my first race. It was your first race. Yeah, and I remember walking up that hill, and the time <laughs> wasn't very good. It was. It wasn't like I think there was. In Confederation Park, there was this epic hill, uh-huh. and, and it wasn't it wasn't pretty. <laughs> so let's go back. What year? We're getting kind of old here, but what year would have that been? Oh, about two thousand four. Two thousand four. Okay. And no triathlons back then. It was just just running. Two thousand four. Remember, we can't say this anymore. And this is from Jeff Simons. Oh. We're coming up with an upcoming article in Triathlon Magazine Canada. The name of the article is Top 10 Pet Peeves of Triathletes. So what we did is we did some research and talked to a bunch of high-profile people and age groupers and stuff like that. And one of the things that Jeff Simon said that ticks him off almost more than anything is when we use either the word only oh. or just in front of any athletic <laughs> accomplishment that we've done. So, you know, oh, it's just a 5K. Oh, it's just a half Ironman. Oh, it's just, so um, we're trying to groom everybody who comes on the FitSpeak podcast. Hey, you did a 10K, which is an amazing accomplishment. Um, Let's take a step back. So you signed up for the race. Did you do any specific training for that race? Knowing your uh, background is kind of a very uh, pragmatic and uh, crafty racer. Uh, back in 2004, I, I think this was version 1.0 Winston. <laughs> okay. And right now, I think the current is 3.0. But uh, 1.0 Winston would have had the gym, the bulky shoes, baggy shorts. Like, I had no idea what racing yeah. flats were and GP. Like, we had Timex watches, and uh, I didn't do any training. I remember running on the track, and there was only 25 splits on the watch. So every 800 meters, I'll hit a split. Uh-huh. And then eventually, I think, oh, it'd be kind of cool to see what how fast we're running. It. So, so e- even at that early age or place I, in your uh, career, you're already collecting data. At that point, it was more kind of like the pioneer. It was more just mm-hmm. collecting data, but didn't really know what to do with it. Okay. That was version 1.0. 
getting more equipment, mm-hmm. getting more fitness, getting more friends, more knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like I started from first principles. I don't think I have a strong background coming mm-hmm. in. Other than being active as a kid, I don't think I have any any sense of what endurance sports or well we'll we'll uh, certainly delve into Winston's uh secret weapons a bit later on in the podcast um any brothers or sisters into sports or do you have any brothers or sisters? I do have a younger sister and uh, what's her name Eunice another British name um she likes volleyball mm-hmm. and she's very good setter like all these tall six foot lean guys they can spike but then, then they, their setting is not as consistent. My sister can set balls pretty consistently. And she, she also, you know, came along with the rollerblades uh-huh. and, the, and the swims. And the, so she had a pretty active passes. And how much younger is Eunice than you? She's actually almost three years exactly. Oh, okay. Our birthday is only two days apart. Okay. Um, so young enough that you respected her, but... Uh, she pretends to be the older one. Oh, she her does. Her personality is... Uh-huh. We have, we're, we're very different people. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. I think our humor is not the same. <laughs> but she has a sense of humor. Does she smile as much as you? Probably not. So you work for TransLink here. What's, oh. what's her job? Her job is actually just across the building. She, really? she works at the, the hospital. Okay. As an OT. Mm-hmm. Occupational therapist. Okay. Interesting. So when you were in university, you did your first 5K, which was the, or rather 10K, which was the one in Burnaby. Um, oh, 10K, yeah. How were you introduced to this crazy sport of triathlon, Winston? Oh, so now we're now, you know, 1.0 Winston, uh-huh. first year, you know, volunteered the previous year and then mm-hmm. doing the 10K 2004, 2005, I was looking into clubs at UBC and I just wanted to run. Like I didn't really, and there wasn't that many running clubs at that, at that point. Mm-hmm. So I joined the tri club and the tri club had really structured workouts. And of course, as you make friends, suddenly you're, you're like hooked and in 2005, suddenly on my mountain bike and uh-huh. baggy shorts and big bulky gym shoes. I was doing a triathlon. And was that the UBC? Yeah, the UBC triathlon. Back in March. Same sort of situation for me. When I moved to Calgary back in, this goes back into the early 90s. First triathlon, Mont Royal College in Calgary, pool swim, yeah. which took close to 25 minutes to do like 300 meters, and then mountain bike and baggy shorts, and then, you know, then yeah. we got to run. Yeah. And how did that day go for you? It was the most style points I ever had. And I think people were cheering me on, but I had no idea why people were cheering me on. I guess uh-huh. they were looking at me funny, like, uh-huh. what's this guy doing with a mountain bike? Oh. Shorts, and I don't know if they pieced it all together with the same guy, but uh-huh. I had no idea. And the run, I suspect, turned out okay for you that day? At that time, yeah, the run was relatively quick because I didn't I didn't use any energy on the swim. I didn't really use any energy on the bike because I didn't know how to. And then I just thought, oh, I got my run in, mm-hmm. you know. So I had no idea. But of course, as you move on, I, uh, to you know, I did I did this for six years. Like six years, mm-hmm. it was version one point Winston was just just dabbling into sport just. I would always do a linear kind of like a linear progression. So one year I would do like a short distance. Next year I would do like two shorts. And then next year I'll do like, I don't know, the Olympic and then the half iron and then also the marathons in between then. And eventually I kind of moved up to like half irons. And then the next year I'll do two half irons. And the next year I'll do four half irons. And then eventually I added like, you know, four half iron, two ironmen per year. Wow. That's and, quite and, the and, progression. And that's when it kind of... T- 
switched over to version 2.0, and that was when I was kind of in this phase where I was doing a lot longer stuff, and I never really cared about the short stuff. And maybe that was the word just, like you don't mm. use the word. I think in 2.0 version, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, we're going to just do the strength. That mm. was the version 2.0. Yeah, very different. They're very different values, very different objectives, very different equipment. Mm. But yeah, but I guess you know, I was version two point oh for six years, and you had some. Well, I mean, you're continuing to improve in all sorts of ways. So but tell yeah. us about your background, because although you you know swam around as a kid um, when your dad would drop you off at yeah. the pool in Burnaby, did you you said you didn't have any he structured actually, training? He actually comes with us into the pool oh. and give us uh, kick drills. Like so, we your dad like, does this. Yeah, so my dad my dad's not a very active person, but he loved bragging about his uh, his dad. Parents love that. <laughs> he was a photographer, and he was showing one of his old school photos grab mm-hmm. of. of of my grandpa. Yes. And he's like, look, Winston, you know, mm-hmm. when my, you know, when your grandpa was 16, he already had giant pecs. And uh-huh. Him and his brother would like box. And uh-huh. in China, boxing is not, not really that common. But huh. these two young 16-year-old yeah. lads were like, you know, super fit. So definitely got a little bit of his genetics, I mm-hmm. guess, maybe. The athletic bug. And uh, how are those pecs doing? My, my grandpa's unfortunately passed. But... Uh, he lived a beautiful life, and I think you know uh, when when he when he got hit by a taxi at a very old age. Wow! Like, even the grandma was like on a my grandma was on a tricycle, but uh, he got hit by a taxi, and it wasn't it was until then when the doctor told him, "Oh, you have something more serious. Like you actually have like back cancer." Or like wow! So he was so healthy for so long. Uh huh. That it wasn't until bam, something big happened, and then and it then, revealed some yeah, of the other underlying stuff. So maybe that, sometimes you do have to take care of your health, even if you're really fit, right? You yeah. can't just let your health and be naive. Right? We can't just say that our wonder drug is but running he marathons. Still, he was still biking at seventy, so really, so maybe seventy is a young age now. Mm-hmm. And then my sister works across the building. Uh, says if you're six year old patient of hers, you're considered young. Really? Hey? Yeah. Uh-huh. You still probably got like 30, 40 years. Yeah, you've got, you've got a long road to travel before <laughs> you're still young, uh, Winston. It's Winston 2.0, yeah. and that was the Winston... This was when I did like 22 half irons, and I've done a lot of those long distances, but back in 2.0 version Winston. Mm-hmm. Um, Any highlights from Winston 2.0? Give us kind of a time frame. What years are we talking about? So six years, it was uh, 1.0. That was in the early age. Uh, As I got more deep into it, I got longer distance. It was a bit of a uh, a linear progression, I would say, over those six years. Mm -hmm. And then six years between kind of the Olympic year 2010, kind of when I started my blog, I think that was when I got longer just like that caught that fever of the long the long stuff it's a student lifestyle i think longer bigger (laughs) destination rides you know post-race food like that was the lifestyle it's a very dangerous lifestyle no coach kind of like (laughs) kind of like the lionel sanders uh yes uh and and can work to a point right yeah and and you were still improving you were still having uh, fun six years so 2016 was kind of like my kind of what do you call it like uh Kind of like my peak. Your zenith. I don't, I don't know because it's hard to compare apples to oranges because... Well, there's point, always a stopwatch and race results. It's, <laughs> it's funny because 
you know, your career is, is very much of the equation. So unfortunately, when you lose jobs or get, you know, laid off, sometimes you got other opportunities. You have a lot of time. So during that 2014, 2016, I was training like a full-time athlete, basically. And in 2015, I did Worlds in Sweden. And that was a really good year. I think I finished like 11th in my age group category, which wow, is like at top, the world level. This was like top uh, 25%, mm. second fastest Canadian. Wow. And that was the year before 2016. 2016 was a good year. I think I crushed a lot of PBs in the running. Like that was still my PB in a lot. But the thing is, I still didn't learn. It wasn't, it wasn't that I, I was fit, residually I was fit. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't smart. Like I wasn't like tactically like efficient at using my fitness. Uh huh. And and you know what's funny? You know the 10k sun run. Yeah. That's a consistent measurement that you can take throughout your 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. And I actually crushed that time last year. Uh, at the ripe old age of. Oh no. 32 at that time and now I'm 33 but 32 years so old 32 had been and how many times had you done the sun run previous to setting your personal oh, best too many i have to pull on my spreadsheet too. like are we talking double digits here oh yeah oh wow okay yeah, yeah, yeah. i've pretty much done it every year except the years i've done boston but mm -hmm. but to my point is 2018 i actually crushed it by like almost a minute or something like that mm -hmm. and so it wasn't that I was fitter. I knew I was less fit. I was working full-time. I'm still working full-time. Yes. But working full-time and crushing your result from 2016, I was like, I think I think I have my uh, girlfriend and coach to yeah. credit for this because she taught me how to execute a, a good race, like not just fit race. Fitness is it's just one part of the equation. Yeah. But you know the course, you know where to push, you know where your weak, you know, where your weak points are. You don't go faster when you're going fast. First and nine, first and nine, uh, first kilometer and the last kilometer is always fast but the in between you still got to go fast and you can go faster when you're going slow right you it's hard to go fast when you're already going fast right? yes there's, so, there's not so, much so, place to go but so that really taught me a lesson like mm -hmm. yeah you can be working full-time but you can still crush your results from your your peak full-time athlete days 2016 was a good year i think i think a lot of my results was because i I did 17,000 kilometers of biking that year. Uh, bike curing, uh, teaching spin classes, doing yoga. Like, this is like almost full-time kind of deal. But you, no one can do that now. Like it's Well, you were able to there. Um, you had age on your side. You had, you know, jobs that were kind of race-specific, training-specific. I mean, you know. But I was reckless. Like I don't, Reckless. I don't think I was racing the way, like... Unfortunately, with those kind of moonlight jobs, is mm -hmm. if you don't work, you don't get paid, right? And if you, it's an evil cycle. It's, mm -hmm. it's a kind of like the, it's it's a very evil cycle because if you don't, if you don't work, you don't get paid. But if you work, you tire yourself out. So you're in that constant steady state the whole time. So you're, you're instead of steady stateness, you do really well. But if you want to peak for a race and periodize and do all that structure towards one race. You can never do it because you're always tired. You gotta. Mm -hmm. I remember that one weekend I did the Ironman and I biked like 800 kilometers that weekend. That week? Yeah, and it was not. <laughs> was it the Boulder Ironman? No, no. Boulder is actually a very special case. I actually did Boulder. That's 
off of short course training. <laughs> yes. Okay, so you're talking about doing an Ironman race, and yeah. previous to that Ironman race, you did 800 kilometers of cycling. That was that Whistler. Week. That was Whistler, yeah. Uh, but we all know Whistler is a pretty easy course. Uh, no, especially on the bike, right? No, 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 no. no. It's 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 a it's a it's a it's an honest course. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a fast course. Mm. It's definitely not the hardest course, but it's it's one of the one of the hardest one, Ironman one, courses one, there is. One thank, of the hardest thank now. Goodness. Well, now, yeah, maybe I did it in the past. Well, I did it in the past when it wasn't like the three loop system, mm -hmm. right? Well, it was the Pemberton race. Yeah, right? the Pemberton. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that was that was the. I, yeah, I still wasn't racing very smart in that one, so so that one wasn't very smart. Was, so maybe maybe you're one of these people who live uh, by that adage, you know, with with age comes wisdom. However, I would say um, part of the success or part of the equation for your success is the person who you spend a lot of time with, uh, your girlfriend Jennifer Moroz. Yeah, uh, she's. What role does she have in your uh, racing and training? What role? She she's my coach. <laughs> so uh, paid, paid or not paid? Not paid, but uh, officially. <laughs> but uh, but uh, maybe maybe in brownies. But uh, but she she is a certified triathlon coach. Okay. She did her coach uh, with TriBC. Mm -hmm. uh, she's also a very well known elite runner in the local community. So. So she has her thing here. Definitely a strong running pedigree and uh, love a, a lot of other outstanding things about Jennifer as well. I don't know if you know this, but she's actually not here right now. She's, she's in Yale doing her uh, two-year residency program. But she is coming back for a defense this Friday. Yes. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll see her tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So what specific things did your girlfriend, Jen, help you with as, uh, as an athlete? Well, you know... She, she always jokes to not do what she does, but to do what she says. And so what she says is actually, coach. <laughs> it's actually very sound advice. So, so I would follow her work plan to the T, and, uh, and her, she incorporates rest just as important as training. So she would never structure my workout so that I have two hard days. Because, you know, after a hard day, you shouldn't be doing another hard day. There's no benefit in doing another hard day. Right? Ego. Yeah, so she has, and she also makes you accountable too. So sometimes she 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 has that voice in my head during. Oh wow, it's gone. Always. The voices in your head. Yeah. Oh, that's that's serious business. Yeah. So now I think now we're creeping into the three point oh Winston, right? Mm -hmm. Having the the right consistency and the right recovery, and not just looking at training. I used to be very data driven, so. Mm -hmm. 2.0, I would collect all the data and like, oh, wow, you know, so much kilometers, so much whatever, so much watts. Or <laughs> but triathlon is a bit of an art too, right? And it, it, it's not just fitness. It's, it's also your ability to execute on race day. It's, it's, it's a lot more than... Than, than just fitness, right? Let's talk about that in a bit of detail because I know you're a uh, detail-oriented guy. So let's take you know, Winston, whatever version you want to say, yeah. um, this is the fit Winston, but not the wise Winston. And let's talk about uh, where, where you had lots of fitness, but things just didn't uh, turn out well for you. Can you tell us about a race that went like that? I was just looking at my 2012 results, mm -hmm. and I saw your name, and your name was 10 minutes faster <laughs> than mine. I'm like, wow, all these legends, like, like they're still... Mikey still, Ross. Mikey Ross and Greg Ambrosi. Yes, Greg like, Ambrosi. seems like all these guys that we race now, and, you know, like, like you look... Winston's just, faster than us. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> 
you were crushing me by double spanking me by double digits. Yeah, that was a decade ago, dude. No, no, <laughs> 2012. That's, that's only seven years ago. So that was the 2.0 win. Okay. But was there a specific race where you, you, you were kind of dissatisfied with, or were you just happy to see those sorts of results? See, uh, I, I remember one moment with Elliot Holton, you know? Mm-hmm. Lead athlete, local elite athlete, and he said, like, like I always admired how he was just dancing on the bike and just crushing it. And then he told me, like, yeah, Winston, you, you can be good at, like, the long stuff, but you still need to be good at the short stuff. And I think he planted the seed. Uh-huh. Like, it's like, you, you have to be good at the short stuff to, in order to be good at the long stuff. And I think I reached a plateau. Like, I actually reached a plateau because aerobically, I can only exert certain amount of power. Like, I would... I would always level off, and mm. all these other guys can have a different level, right? And I can only get to that next level until I actually start focusing more on the finer details of the shorter discipline, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you, you're never going to attack that on a five-hour race or a 10-hour race or a 12-hour yeah. race, right? Or whatever, right? You, you need to focus on doing something well, smaller-wise, yeah. before you can tackle on the bigger scope. I was talking to one of the uh, previous guests on Fitspeak, uh, Martin Caron, oh, other, yeah. otherwise known as the King of Poutine, and he's got <laughs> uh, a lot of people in his corner coaching him as far as running goes, and this goes back to our time back with uh, the Abbotsford running group when we did Rotary Stadium, and our coach then, and Martin's coach even now says, you know, the fastest way to get better at running a marathon, start with getting faster at the one-mile distance. And one everything mile. will translate oh, I heard to that. 5K, but one, 5K, okay. it makes sense because mm-hmm. you need that efficiency system before yeah. you can take that efficiency to a longer distance. Yeah, I mean, in order to go, you know, a big goal for a lot of people is, you know, the three-hour marathon. Well, you know, that's a marathon is a distance event, but a three-hour marathon, you're running fairly quickly. Life has less to do with what happens to you than it does with how you deal with what happens to you. I'm Zach Newfeld, and this is Between the Ears. In the book, Be Iron Fit, Time-Efficient Training Secrets for Ultimate Fitness, Don Fink writes about mental training. In chapter 15, the section, Get to That Point, describes how to endure beyond your perceived boundaries. Don says to create situations in your training where you get to the point where self-doubt and fear set in. This is where mental toughness is built. It usually happens on long or high-intensity workouts. Imagine being two hours into a three-hour workout, or just finishing your second out of five six-minute tempo runs. The self-doubt and even fear of failure may creep in, just when you're going beyond where you have been before. At these moments, we experience the distress we often encounter in a race, and we have the choice to give in to the fear and self-doubt, or to challenge ourselves and mentally work through them. What you can do is get to that point. Take a mental step back and relax. Acknowledge that what you are experiencing is normal. You're not a failure or weak for experiencing it. You're on the border of your potential and can challenge yourself to grow. Play mental games to get through the discomfort. The author of Be Iron Fit says that we can challenge ourselves to count to 100 and then reevaluate if we want to quit. Do this by counting right along with your breathing pattern. Each breath is one. Count right on to 100. Make an agreement with yourself to stay with it at that point of distress till 100. Don Fink did this at 36 miles of his double marathon in the 2002 Ultraman World Championships. 
every hundred breaths, he made a new promise to himself to keep going. In the end, he made 6,000 small promises to himself, one every quarter mile. Don said these small promises added up to an unforgettable personal victory. Overall, take it to the edge. Get to that point where you have to mentally chunk your workout into bite-sized pieces in order to complete the workout successfully. It's not a sign of weakness. It's an opportunity for new strength. Just count to 100 as you breathe. Then do it again. Maybe like Don Fink, you will realize you can do another one after every 100 breaths. Mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. For Between the Years, I'm Zach Newfeld. Holy cow, we have not done this for a long time. We've got the whole Fitzbury crew uh, back together again in our mission studios after being uh, holed up in a beautiful place in the Okanagan for uh, most of the summer. With us uh, is Kevin Watt, as usual. Zach Newfeld is back, and he'll be doing another edition of Between the Ears in just a little bit as part of the Fitspeak 77 uh, broadcast. Um, let's start off with Kevin Watt. Long time no see. What have you been up to? I've relocated, um, spent some time this summer doing a whole bunch of packing and moving, and on to the next chapter. Are um, you going to uh, have a picture of your uh, digs on the Fitspeak homepage? No. Street but, address? Uh, no, but uh, funny enough, I'm living now, I've taken up residence in an oxygen hyperbaric chamber, so uh, look out. I might be making my uh, my my comeback here sometime just, soon. Just just in time for a cyclocross season. <laughs> well, maybe not that soon, but <laughs> no problem. Welcome back, Zach. Happy to have you here at the table with us. What's uh, new in the world of Mister Between the Ears? Well, I've been training all summer for the Vancouver Triathlon, which just happened uh, September second, last Monday, and uh, it was a whale of a time. Uh, my first ocean swim. Yes. Which How did that go? Cool. It was awesome. Swallow um, any water? Swallow lots of salt water. Oh, you actually. did? That oh. That actually became a bit of a problem. As oh, kind I of bet. Retching at the at the, the last stretches. But anyway, uh, apart from all the gory details, it was a great swim. Oh, no, we want the gory details. We like it. Okay, so <laughs> I made it through the swim without puking all over everybody around okay. me. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Reminded me of Kona, not the puking part, but so wait. Did you have part. sea legs or sea lungs? Oh, good that's question. what we want to know. There we go. Yeah, sea legs or sea sea lungs. Oh, and it was so refreshing to see you back out on the race course. You hadn't yeah. been uh, doing any uh, any racing for quite some time, so no, I took most of the summer off, take some me time, mm -hmm. did some training, did some cross training. Sweet, working, and, uh, working a regular job, on... earning a paycheck, and all that good stuff. Yep. Taking mm -hmm. care of the elderly. Boy, we've had a lot of uh, guests um, on our Fitspeak podcast over the past summer months. We've had folks, uh, Martin Curran, who's going to be doing Ironman Hawaii, the World Championships here in about five weeks' time, was one of our guests. Um, Steve King, of course, the voice of Canadian Ironman, and we're keeping our fingers crossed that no Steve kidding. King is going to be the fellow who's going to be uh, announcing our names as we cross the finish line at Ironman 2020. Uh, talk to the folks down at the uh, Greater Vancouver Zoo, and they're sponsoring an event. By the time you've heard this, it's probably 
probably been in the books, which was called the uh, Turtle Dash, raising money for spotted turtle, uh, not research, but uh, conservation. So a bunch of cool things happening. And Kevin, Sweet. big time for fundraising around the Fraser, Fraser Valley and around the country, of course. We're talking about Terry Foxes, and tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, uh, all sorts of stuff is happening. Uh, let me just dial it back a little bit here. Um, we also, the podcast is also on Podbean. Good and, point. We, we yeah. rarely publicize this. So not only are we on the www.fitspeak.com podcast um, website, but Kevin Watt, our uh, tech guy, our engineer, our statistician, has got us across many platforms. So why not tell us about uh, that? A geek when it comes to this stuff it's kind of fun uh kevin and you know um zach you know they're they're doing the vocals and all that sort of stuff we're but, the content guys well sure so are right? you, but. but i'm also sometimes behind the scenes and doing other stuff uh you know besides volunteering uh i managed to get the podcast uploaded to podbean and that's a podcast sharing platform along with that i've managed to get the podcast uh, synced up with 14 other platforms, which, in my opinion, uh, you know, it's pretty exciting um, just because it's just one of those fun little things to do. I was just recently checking the stats on Podbean, and um, for three guys sitting here in the space station <laughs> above Earth, uh, we've got nearly 7,000 downloads um, to the to the podcast. It's pretty exciting. Um, Thank you to our listeners. Yes. Yeah, sure, right. Primarily, our our uh, you know primarily our listeners are from the, the from North America, but uh, it's kind of cool to see because we do get uh, you know check ins from uh, Malaysia, know, Malaysia, which was pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. Also, Europe. So you know that's some good stuff. Um, I'm you know I'm proud of that, and uh, you know and. Whatever information you guys have to offer, we want to hear it. Um, have a takeaway from whatever. So we've got some upcoming guests. Kevin Watt is working on a few, including, uh, we'll go back to that. Uh, right, the original. Fox name. Um, of course, Terry is no longer with us in uh, body, but of course his spirit, his inspiration is around Canada at this time of year for, of course, the uh, Terry Fox run. But also, uh, Kevin... Um, with your background in cycling, you're also part of uh, the Terry Fox 360. Do That's they right. do they still call it a 360? Because I understand they may have increased the distance of the event. Well, they have. They have. Um, I haven't. Uh, I don't know. I think they just generically call it the. They have to call it the Terry Fox 360. Uh, on August September or August 17th. Uh, this year, the Terry Fox 360 rolled out from Sun Peaks. I believe it was about 30 riders uh, rolled out for 360 kilometers in one day to raise money for cancer research. Uh, I did receive an email from Daryl. I myself didn't participate this year due to relocating to my uh, oxygen tent, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I have it on good authority. Uh, from the email, of course, that the Terry Fox 360 raised uh, $50,000 for cancer research. And uh, I know that Daryl and the rest of the gang are extremely proud of um, that goal that they, they achieved. 
because next year is uh, Terry Fox is uh, 40th anniversary um, for the you know for the passing of him and uh, we're gonna have Daryl on the podcast we're gonna you know we're gonna have him announce it I think that's who should be sharing the the big news and in the world of triathlon over the weekend out in uh, Nice, France, the uh, Ironman, half Ironman, I should say, world yeah. championships were held. And Zach Neufeld, the voice of Between the Ears, has a bit of a recap on that. Yeah, so Gustav Aydin won in the men's division with a time of 3 hours and 52 minutes. 3 hours and 52 minutes. Which so is under good. 4 hours on a very difficult course in France. And I think it's the first time ever that uh, a Norwegian has won a world championship of any triathlon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he was also followed by alistair brownlee in second place uh he's just a few minutes back so he was he was a he is an olympic gold medalist it's been pretty exciting to follow him and watch him in his longer distance triathlon career um so he's he's doing pretty well in the longer distances and also notably daniela reef won in a killer time of four hours and 23 minutes I believe she was about 10 minutes ahead of the second place finisher there. So yeah. she absolutely killed it. Uh, just demolishing the rest of the female field, uh, whether or not she went out too hard, because it's like we were saying, the Ironman World Championships in Hawaii are going to be held in about five weeks. So we'll see if she can carry her fitness or uh, she, you know, kind of burned her matches at that race. Right. So that's coming up in the near future. Also in the near future, uh, something much closer to home and uh maybe quite not as competitive, but fun all the same, is the, uh, I think it's about the sixth running of the Campbell Valley Wine Run, and they're running the event to raise money for people who can benefit from uh, therapy with horses. It's an interesting event. You get to run through a few wineries, and while you're you're at the wineries, stop, sample their wares, and uh, trot along to the next winery so that's the uh, camel valley wine run you can check that out by googling it and that's coming up on sunday september the 22nd kevin a few other things you'd like to mention today yeah i got a whole list of things um if you're a cyclist uh, i don't mean to keep talking about cycling but if you are a cyclist you're from the tri-city area or actually even a longtime triathlete uh, we want to just kind of wish a speedy recovery to um, the organizer of TC Cycling over in the Tri-City area, Tri-City Cycling. Uh, Bert Sandy had an accident from what I understand. I don't know all of the details, but I just know that he's well connected to cycling and uh, a lot of the old uh, time triathletes. So uh, Fitzpeak and everybody else uh, who knows him. Uh, we're wishing you a speedy recovery. Now, Zach, you had a couple of more things you'd like to share with us. Yes, there are two races coming up uh, here in the Fraser Valley. Uh, first off is the Cultus Lake Triathlon. They've got a sprint standard and half iron distance. That's September 15th. Um, I'm not sure if it's too late to register for that event yet. Actually, the interested. only thing the only thing that's open, I think they had, and by the time this will get to air, we'll probably have the results from it, but they sold out the sprint, they okay. sold out the Olympic distance, and as of the airing or the taping of this uh, broadcast, which is September the 9th, they had 
five spots left for the half Ironman. Okay. So dynamic race events, scoring on all fronts, almost selling out this entire race. So that's coming up that's good. Uh, this weekend. But we have something a little bit closer to home and some would say much more difficult than a triathlon because you have done it and you very yeah. have done very well. And what's that next event, Zach? That's Valley Verticular happening October the 19th. So, so still an opportunity for folks to register exactly. for this one. Now, this one sounds a little bit painful. It is. It, there's quite an elevation gain. You can uh, understand just by hearing the name of the event, Verticular. Um, it's pretty intense. Um, there's a 16K, 16K relay, and a 25K trail race um, that's featured. And that's just here on Sumas Mountain, really local for uh, those of you guys living here in the Fraser Valley. It's a fun event. I did, like you said, I did pretty well. I got yeah. third place last year in the 10K, I believe it was. Yeah, great race, great course, amazing volunteers. Um, I believe last time they had they had burgers and beers there afterwards. Mm. So that's is really fun uh, environment to be involved in. So once again, that's the Valley Verticular, and coming up, I believe that's a Saturday race, correct? Oh, uh, let me see. On Saturday, 19th here, October, October. the 19th. And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission. Your Wenting's name of the week is Terry Fox. Once again, your Wenting's name of the week is Terry Fox. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Whether your goals are iron, golden, or ultra, our low client-to-coach ratio ensures you get the one-on-one -on -one time you deserve to achieve your potential. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page to book your free consultation and goal-setting session. Coming up next time on FitSpeak, we'll have your upcoming event schedule. I'll have another edition of Fitness Gone Wrong in a humorous segment called Fit Flops. And we'll have part two of our interview with Vancouver athlete Winston Gao. For all of us at FitSpeak, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening.